Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is TeacherCast podcast episode number 217. My guest today is an amazing teacher who just completed the Conrad Challenge with their students, and I am looking forward to hearing all about their examples, their adventures, and yeah, how do you run a science competition that actually goes virtual in the middle of the competition? I'm looking forward to hearing all about that stuff. Before I get into our guest today, I want to remind you we've got some great things going on this summer over at TeacherCast. We are heading into the summer and we've got some great events happening on July 11th. We are doing a full-day Microsoft virtual conference. Check that out over on teachercast.net slash Microsoft Live for a full day, 9 to 3, all about how to bring Microsoft events into your classroom on July 25th. We are repeating the conference, but using Google Apps for education. So if you're looking to bring G Suite into your classroom and looking how to do something pretty fun with your kids, check that out over at teachercast.net slash Google Live. And of course, if you're a tech coach, all the stuff over on our Ask the Tech Coach Network and our Ask the Tech Coach podcast drops every single Monday. And guess what, guys? We have a, a great time because in August, on August 18th, we're going to be running a full tech coach day over on teachercast.net slash tech coach live. So a full great summer of professional development. We want to know that you guys are out there. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at teachercast and leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. We would love to have you guys continue to be a part of the TeacherCast educational network. My guest today not only successfully did the Conrad Challenge last year, successfully did the Conrad Challenge this year, but I am so impressed at the fact that she did so under... COVID-19 and pandemic conditions. I want to bring today on my guest, Miss Christy Letter. Christy, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on Teacher Cash. This is really quite an honor, and I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're here because you are not only an amazing educator, an amazing mentor to your students, but you've been through a really crazy year. Talk to us a little bit about who Christy is and tell us a little bit about your pro your, your program. All right. Well, I am a sort of lifelong English teacher who has, in the last couple of years, switched to teaching uh, innovation and design thinking, which is much more multidisciplinary, cross-curricular. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's through this new role that I have discovered the Conrad Challenge, which is pretty amazing. But I will say that in this past year with COVID-19, it, the idea of innovation and having to innovate really actually uh, became much less theoretical and much more the reality as we had to really shift every single gear mm -hmm. to, to figure out how to how to do it and how to keep going. I know every teacher out there had to do the same and, and to figure out, you know, how to navigate this strange new world um, that we all found ourselves in. You know, it certainly was a strange year. Uh, before we get into how things are, how things changed, all of those great topics, talk to us a little bit about the Conrad Challenge. You know, we've had shows previous on the Conrad Challenge, but if anybody here is listening for the first time, what is the Conrad Challenge? 
So the Conrad Challenge is an amazing opportunity for young people, um, and it's inspired by Pete Conrad, the astronaut, um, and his widow, Nancy, decided that she wanted to inspire young people to do the kinds of things that he did um, and really shoot for the stars, literally and figuratively. Um, mm -hmm. And so this competition has a number of categories, and it essentially asks students to innovate solutions to the world's problems in a whole bunch of different categories. Um, and that's everything from aerospace to environment. Um, and my students this year were in the category where they were trying to, uh, working with the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World um, as one of the sponsors under the auspices of the Conrad Challenge, uh, to figure out how to stop, you know, the the damages of tobacco, um, and they came up with a project that was going to use tobacco to stop world hunger. So that was the the essence mm -hmm. of their project um, in the Conrad Challenge. But you know, it's it's the structure of this challenge is one that really does put students in the driver's seat and asks them, okay, here's your world, identify a problem in it, uh, and then figure out how to fix it, which, you know, really provides some great opportunities for the students, but also, you know, speaking as an adult, uh, provides some great hope for the, for the future that we really are, you know, we can have some faith in this generation coming up to solve some of the problems uh, that are out there. You know, one of the things I love about the Conrad Challenge is it gives those real-world opportunities. And it gives the students the ability to go out and learn, grow, build on their own. Obviously, as a teacher, we're there to support. But this really is a, a student-centered, student-focused challenge. Talk to us a little bit about your role. Did you, I, I know you did this last year. Um, same group of students. Did you have some people in and out? How do you form a group? And really, what is the role of an instructor? Are you mentoring? Are you teaching? Like, give us the outline here. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting role as a teacher. Like I said, I started out as an English teacher because to really have students succeed in the Conrad Challenge, I cannot have any idea when we begin to talk about it and we begin to ideate and we begin to identify problems. I can't have any idea what their projects are going to be because that's the opposite of the spirit of the challenge. Um, in order to have them succeed, I have to open it to them and they have to really identify what it is that they see as the problem, what they want to do. Um, and then my role is, you know, to be a mentor and to guide them through the design thinking process and the innovation process. But it really is about me learning too. Did I know that you can turn tobacco into a protein that you could use to solve for hunger? I did not. Um, and I am here to straight up admit that I learned from them and their ideas you know, are, are pretty astonishing. Um, I had a group last year and their project was, you know, redesigning astronaut chairs so that they weighed less and they were inspired by iPhones. I mean, it, it really is just things that I couldn't have thought up myself and it's not subject matter that I teach them. I'm just there to, to push and to provide support. Um, and so it is, it is a really different sort of role as a teacher to help them and to support them. But I, I certainly am not in front of them as far as, you know, understanding where it is that they're going, because that has to be somewhere unknown or they're really not doing what the challenge is asking of them, which is really the exciting part. So how does that work? Right. I mean, how do you go from bringing students in 
to solving world hunger through tobacco? I mean, did, did you did somebody throw out? Let's tackle this question. What is a good answer? Oh, tobacco. Or was it a topic in class? Or did did you guide them at all? Or I mean, we've all been in a situation where you've opened the floor to the kids and say, "What do you want to talk about?" And twenty minutes later, crickets. Right. How did all that happen? Well, so the Conrad Challenge does a great job. They set up categories and, you know, the categories while providing guidance, you know, in, with things like aerospace or environment, they really are um, quite broad. And so one of them is, so for this group particularly, I had students who did projects with all kinds of things, but these were the students who made it to the international level of the competition. Um one of them was about either, you know, stopping vaping or coming up with a solution to repurpose tobacco crops so that the farmers themselves, right, don't lose um, their sustenance, um, but finding ways to do it for health. And what we do to start is I just sort of come up with these really general topics. And first we generate a list of what are some issues. Um, and the list comes from the students because, again, what I identify as a problem is not going to necessarily inspire them. So it has to be a conversation. It's a whole class conversation. We go through all these different um, categories. And then with the class, I ask them after we have the entire day of coming up with all these different um, problems and beginning to ideate different kinds of solutions, I ask them what they're most passionate about. And then they're put in a group, not with their friends, um, but with people who you know, really we're sort of drawn to the same, you know, it's never going to be the exact same idea, which is what's so exciting about the collaborative innovation mm -hmm. process is that they're sparking off of each other and having their different minds work together. But that's how I, I put them in their groups. And then we began to, you know, once they had somewhat identified the problem and it changed so much as we went through it, they they worked together in the groups that I put them in. But yeah, they were not student chosen groups. They were groups based on um, a survey they filled out after a, a big class discussion where we visualized all kinds of problems uh, within the categories that the Conrad Challenge put forth. So there you are. You are working on this. You've come up with a project. You've come up with a goal. You've come up with a real world scenario. For anybody that's listening to this and going, okay, what are those next steps? Let's talk a little bit about some of your real world challenges. Is there a budget? Is there a guide? What does the Conrad Challenge give you to set things up? Talk to us a little bit about that, um, you, know, uh, you know, the adulting stuff. Like what is all those real world things in order to actually do the challenge, to register? Tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, it's uh, so this is my second year doing it. And I have to say the second year, I, I felt like quite the expert compared to the first. But the Conrad Foundation does a great job of putting a lot out there because you have to first, you know, get the teams and decide on what problem you're going to solve. And then they have to come up with their solution and put forth a pitch. Um, and it's a, a very small pitch. It's just a, a couple of paragraphs. But that was, you know, that's intense for them to, to write it up and to commit to like, OK, here's the category that we're going to design a solution in and here's the solution we're going to design um, and then that got approved and then they had to write a business plan which was really quite quite involved um, and everything from finances and and so you know again talk about things i don't know with my students i am researching everything from you know how much does it cost to you know separate tobacco protein 
greens from the rest of the leaf. Like you want to talk about something I don't know off the top of my head, um, (laughs) right. And then we're researching cost of, you know, rocket fuel. And I mean, just all these things that we have to, that we have to learn. Wait wait a minute. You don't know the cost of rocket fuel. I I just, well, I know more than I used to. (laughs) Very expensive. Uh, That's what I learned. Yeah. You know, the question I'm having here and you know, I, I, for for a year or two, I was running a STEM competition and I was helping out students and I was doing, and the hardest thing that we actually had was, you know, you, you have a meeting, you set a goal and we always call it goal setting, that homework, but then you come back like, when do you start? When does the Conrad challenge start? Do you do this in September? Because, you know, the, the, the events in the springtime, are you meeting every day? Are you meeting once a week? Like what, what is the, the time commitment here for both you and for the students? So I would say that it definitely amps up the closer you get to the spring. Um, I mentioned the competition to get them excited months before we actually start working on it, um, just so that they can, you know, as we are in class and we're thinking about lots of, we do smaller problems, smaller ideations, smaller collaborations, so that they're building up sort of the skill set that they'll need. But then once it gets to be, um, I would say we, you know, late November and December, we really started working pretty, you know, assiduously on this. We worked several days a week uh, in their groups and I really did have to help them. I think that, you know, collaboration is something that teenagers need some guidance with. I think adults do too, off the record. Uh, Yeah. But that, and so we, I really had to work on how can I help them be accountable for, well, I said I would do this part of the project and you said you would do this part. And so then we really start to work through, you know, the, the balance between individual work and group group mm-hmm. thinking that is so sort of productive and wonderful. So, it, And I would assume that a lot of it is you're holding each other to that task, right? Like everyone's accountable for each other. Yes, exactly. And, and as the teacher, I have to, you know, let them figure out what their paces and their, you know, their sort of issues are and really solve within the group, but also being there as a resource when they need me you know, to, to help them along. And then when we made it to the next stage, that took on a whole new shape because then suddenly it's not just written, they have to be prepared. And at first we thought they'd be presenting live at the Kennedy Space Center, which is what they did last year, um, to some luminaries from around the world. I mean, it's really such an impressive array of judges and experts um, that they're presenting to. And it, they still were there, but of course it wasn't in person. Uh, and that's, then it takes, I mean, this this competition, what's so cool about it too, is that it takes so many different shapes. It starts with sort of the dreamy stuff and, you know, you pitch your dream and then you have to get into the practicality and you have to write it mm-hmm. and you have to check grammar and you have to do actual math. Uh, you know how that goes with your STEM competitions. You have to actually do math, make charts, um, write it all down. And then you get to the pitching part and then that takes you know, a whole new level of confidence and communication and figuring out then, you know, how do you distill your ideas into a whole new form? Talk to us a little bit about your students, right? Do they know what they're getting into when they start? I would assume the second year, of course, is easier than the first. How do they interact with each other? Is it all positive? Is it they're all teenagers and so you have those dynamics? Is there... 
you know, hey, I can't meet for the next two weeks because it's it's midterms. Like, how, how do they motivate themselves and how do they keep pushing themselves when you, you know, you've already said as the mentor, you're not supposed to be the one guiding the stage. Right. Well, and it's it's I it's never easy to come up with a, you know, sort of one size fits all because some groups I actually believe it or not had to be like, OK, I think you're going too far down the rabbit hole. I don't think 20 pages is appropriate for the budget section of your business plan. Like you got to pull back here. Right. And then with other groups, obviously, as I'm sure you can imagine, because you've met some teenagers, they were like, well, I thought one sentence would be good for this part, uh, you know, to discuss the the whole marketing plan. And you're like, yeah, no, it's so it's, I, I would say that it, it definitely, it definitely varies. And um, I was so proud of the team this year because they, as I told you, they, they weren't, they didn't have a pre-existing relationship beside being classmates. Um, they didn't know each other especially well. They came from really different sort of groups in the school. Uh, and then not only did they have to work on this pitch together, but then we were thrown into complete chaos and they had to work on the pitch together virtually. Um, and then we had a complete nightmare during the actual pitch where one of their audio went completely out and the other two Ooh. had to cover for him. So I mean, it was really like, boy, you want to talk about resilience and grit. These kids, they had to show it. Uh, I was so proud. But well, let's fast forward a bit, because at some point in time, you guys were a well-oiled machine, I assume, and, and you're going for it. And then you're realizing the world may change. The world's going to change. Oh, boy. Take us through that. Yeah. Well, there was, there was so much, there's so much work and thought that when you find out that you are going to the finals of the Conrad challenge and you're going to the Kennedy space center, I mean, it's, it's so exciting. Uh, I've cried each time. I mean, it's just so thrilling to, to find out and the students can't believe it. They can't believe that they're going to, you know, be listened to by luminaries and people will take them seriously and that their ideas were good enough. And there it's just, so there's so much excitement at first, then there's a little bit of like, Oh gosh, this is going to be a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but we're going to get to miss some school. So there's that. That's good. Go. Uh, and then this year, you know, we had all that excitement. We had the, the energy, the renewed energy for the task that came with that, where they started to call CU and get time to go into their labs and experiment with the tobacco. And, you know, they, they had all these experts they were going to meet with. Um, and then the pandemic shut it all down. And there was such a moment with that where we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, it became very clear we weren't going to fly to Florida right to to present and they didn't know that if they were going to get to pursue their ideas at all clearly some parts had to stop um you know they couldn't the labs at cu were closed and things that they were going to do and people they were going to meet with and the, the fact that they were going to meet with each other and practice together in the same room i mean all of that just came crashing to a halt um but then they had to completely regroup for you know the the new Conrad challenge, um, the sort of COVID-19 version of the Conrad uh -huh. challenge, which was heroically put together uh, and, and really did go off beautifully, but it was wildly different than what we had anticipated. Talking today to Christy Letter, an amazing educator who guided their students, guided her students through this 
amazing. I keep coming back to amazing time period here. You know, they call it the Conrad challenge, obviously for Pete Conrad. I think it was the third person on the moon. Am I correct about that? But I want to talk about the word challenge because challenge means so many different things. It can mean they're challenging you to do something. It could be they're challenging each other. Um, it could be a personal challenge. I would assume that throughout this process, the word challenge does take on multiple roles. It does. And I uh, this year really seemed like the, the true sort of uh, distilled energy of the word challenge, uh, especially with the way that, and, and let me just say that when I thought about what it was last year and, and being on the stage and having that inspirational setting of the Kennedy Space Center, I thought to myself, well, now they're, they're surely just going to have to cancel the whole thing. I, I really did assume that that was going to be the only solution. And the fact that they came up with, you know, this completely reimagined um, version for the challenge where the students could still meet each other, interact with students from around the world, and then present their ideas. That really was them rising, you know, mm -hmm. to create, uh, to make sure that the challenge still went on. And then for my students, it presented a whole new challenge where they had to come up with, okay, so when you, you can make a video, but then when it's Q and A, you're not right next to each other. You can't make eye contact. You can't give each other signals about who's going to take which question. Um, and so they, they basically, you know, that, that level of the challenge, they had to come up with something, which I, again, I was trying to guide them, but I had never done it before. What is my advice for pitching in an international competition virtually? Um, well, uh, you know, I, that wasn't something I had any experience with. And then we had a mic go out in the middle of their Q&A session with the experts. And the person whose mic went out, my student Lyric, <laughs> was the student who, in order to deal with the fact that they can't see each other, it's virtual, he was going to respond first to every question and then direct it to one of the three of them. Um, so it was his mic that went out. So basically all of their careful planning, all of their structure, um, and not to mention he was the expert on, you know, they each were like, okay, I'm going to take all the questions that have to do with this part. I'm going to take all the questions that have to do with this part. And so they had to completely, it, it was a whole new level of challenge there. Um, and, but, but that's part of it. The word challenge means not just that you, not the challenge that you prepare for, not the challenge that is on the paper, but that you're actually ready for whatever presents itself to you. I love that. I love that everything is a little bit of a left turn. I love that no matter what happens, everybody was in it together and there was a game plan and there was a backup plan. And, you know, what ended up happening? Did you guys just go to text messaging behind everybody's back or like, how, how did you, like, what was the, what was that final communication way here? No, it was in the middle because they had practiced. Lyric's microphone worked perfectly during practice. Lyric's microphone worked for the first question and then it just went out. Ooh. And so it was, you know, he was smiling and trying to fix it and getting increasingly frantic. And then they, they just, we only had so much time. They had to continue to answer the questions. So in other words, it, it really was like, okay, you, you have to know your stuff in a written format that you can research. You have to know your stuff in a video you can film. But then at the end of the day, the final challenge, if you will, was okay. And now your one member down that was the member that was supposed to be the organizer of all of it and you still have to answer all these questions 
in a timed situation <laughs> with a super high stakes audience. Um, so. And so correct me here, this, your students this year walked away with an, uh, the National Social Entrepreneurship Award. Am I getting that right? Um, so, yeah, they won the Pete Conrad Award, which is the, the top award in their category. And they won funding from the um, Foundation for a Smoke-Free World to keep working towards um, their project and doing more in the world to, you know, create health, um, especially around reducing tobacco, unhealthy tobacco usage. So awesome. it's really exciting. And so how does that, how does that work moving forward? I mean, September, August is coming. You've got a new school year. Does your group continue with that? Cause you've got this funding source or do you pick another topic? Do you pick another group of kids and now you're doubling your work? Like what, what's your plan moving forward? Well, here, here's the thing about innovation and why it's so exciting to work with the kids is that, you know, I have new students next year who are going to be approaching this for the very first time. The group I have this year, this was the first time they ever did it. Um, but simultaneously, the, the group that just went through it, they were called Tobacco Oats. That was their very clever name. I know it was good. Um, they they're going to be continuing their work. Um, and to answer your question, what is it exactly going to look like? I can't say because they met so many experts and they talked to so many people and they heard projects from students from around the world. So they really, I think, are inspired to figure out where they can go next. And will the project remain in its same form or will they kind of take a new turn with it. I don't know, but they're definitely going to do something and it will be outside of the classroom because I don't have them in class um, this year, but it's going to be pretty exciting to, to see where it goes. But I've had to learn to embrace the unknown here as they have. So we shall see. Do you keep in touch with them over the summertime? I mean, are they working on things or you guys just took the summer off and let's get together in September? Or what, what, what do you what is this looking like now? Yeah, so we're definitely in touch. Um, and I'm asking them, one of the things that I really love about teaching innovation and about having the, the students who succeed is one of the things they're going to do is they're going to come in and mentor and talk to next year's class. And, you know, who knows what shape that'll take. Perhaps that'll be virtual as well. But they're, they're going to come in and share ideas and help them with ideation and potentially that can be part of their project to do education on what are the possibilities with you know healthy tobacco usage and repurposing tobacco um you know perhaps they'll go more in a direction of helping teenagers understand you know with with vaping and with smoking um i don't know where they're going to go with it but they're definitively and i have been talking to them going to come in and have a role with next year's students so hopefully the the sort of cumulative effects will will keep branching out and grow exponentially that's certainly the goal you know i love the i i i love the challenge i love the idea i love the concept and the fact that your students are out there doing this on their own and they're getting that education meeting people learning how to be entrepreneurs you know, it's just it's an amazing thing to see students really out there doing what they love and, and finding a niche for themselves to then take that to real world scenarios. Yeah, the Conrad Challenge is neat because sometimes they don't know how passionate they are about something. I don't know that any of these three students understood 
that they were so passionate about turning tobacco into food. And if you talked to them now, you'd be like, holy cow, these kids are experts. And they really weren't before and they did transform themselves. And that's, I think that's what's uh, the amazing possibility therein. If anybody's looking to learn more about the Conrad Foundation, Christy, how do they get a hold of you and, and where do they go online? Well, you can, um, I am at christy.letter at bbsd.org. If you want to send me an email, I'm happy to talk about it. I have a website, christybetsletter.com. And the Conrad Foundation has a beautiful, um, very user-friendly website that will lead you through all stages of the competition. Everything from the ideas, they have exemplars. They do a great job with their alumni network, having alumni reach out to students who are currently competing and mentor them. They have a, you know, a toolbox, no box toolbox, they call it, which has a whole bunch of tools to really help students, especially students who haven't done something like this before, um, so that they can really gain some confidence when, you know, they get to the point that they all get to where they're like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure I can solve the world's problems. The Conrad Foundation website, I would also direct anybody there because it really um, helps teachers and students feel like, okay, okay, this is big, but I can do it. Um, And there's a lot of help out there. We're going to make sure that we have the links for this and all of our show notes over over on TeacherCast.net. You can look for TeacherCast podcast episode number 217. Or while you're over there, do a big search for Conrad Challenge. I believe this is our fourth or fifth episode to support the organization. You can find out a lot of information. And, of course, check out our interview last year that we did with our winners from last year. Certainly check that stuff out today over on TeacherCast. Christy, i got to ask you one last question, and this is the easy one. What advice do you have for any teacher looking to do this? So my advice is just, you know, embrace failure and just go in and be like, you know what, this is going to be, you know, just absolutely loopy sometimes. And that's going to be great. And uh, it'll be fun and it'll be messy. And that's not knowing exactly where you're going to end up is, is really the thrill of it. So don't be afraid. I love the idea for that, right? Because we all know that this year is going to be even different. You know, many school districts are starting early, starting late. Many school districts are starting on time, knowing that somewhere in the middle they're going to break for how long? Who knows? I say go for it. Good luck for everything. And if you're looking for more information, check out Christy. Again, all the links are going to be there. Christy, thank you so much for the time, and thank you for being on our show today. Well, it is such an honor to be here. Thanks for all that you do for teachers. Yay. And of course, we want to say thank you to the Conrad Foundation and the Conrad Challenge for you know helping us get connected with Christy and so many great teachers that are taking the Conrad Challenge and helping their students be all that they can be. There's, of course, several great ways that you can be a part of the TeacherCast Educational Network. You can reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the TeacherCast podcast, Ask the Tech Coach, and all of our shows today. And let your friends know that the Teacher Cast Educational is Network is here for you guys. On behalf of everybody here, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teacherCast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.